Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and we and have... I, hey, I'm Andy. Hi, hi, hello. Hey, hi, hello, Andy. Hey, hi. I, Ed, I'm in a super great mood this episode. Are you? I, I am. I feel fantastic. I feel re-energized. I feel like the show that we watched this week finally got me back on board uh, for being a human being this week. You know, I thought it would, especially because this is a show we've talked about from the beginning that we've wanted to cover. Back in the days where Andy and Steve were regular co-hosts for three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Very consistent. <laughs> Very consistent. It's Bob Patterson. It is. It's Bob Patterson. It's it's a show that I think we talked about at the conception of this show. Um it's something that you and I, especially, I think Steve's kind of fallen off the bandwagon, but we've both been very excited about watching this show. Super excited. And the reason why is because it stars Jason Alexander as America's number three self-help guru. Bob Patterson. Bob Patterson. Dr. Bob, who has such famous lines as... Uh, I'm sorry, I only have a quote written in my notes from the actual episode we watched, uh, but I did watch a Bob Patterson commercial after watching this episode, and he had oh. some good good lines. Uh, if you would just, you know, indulge me here as I pull up Bob Patterson's famous quotes. Oh, boy. Which I think are on his uh, Wikipedia page if um, y'all want to go, you know, check that one out. Oh, yeah. So I'll read his uh, synopsis from the Wikipedia page. The show revolves around fictitious motivational speaker Bob Patterson, quote, America's number three self-help guru, unquote, who is popular with millions of people across America. Thanks to his books, I Know More Than You, I Still Know More Than You, and To The Top franchise. Friction between his job and family occurs due in part to Bob's self-absorbed but insecure nature and complete lack of self-awareness. Ironic qualities for someone whose job is supposed to be selflessly motivating others to improve their lives. Okay, there there are a few things I, w- I want to add to that. Number one, um, here are the catchphrases. To the top! <laughs> you are the you in the universe. The only thing between you and your goals is you. Dot, 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 and your goals. Oh, boy. And here is one that I think would get Bob in a lot of trouble if he tried to, you know, pass this one off. No is only yes to a different question. Uh-oh. Uh, Bobby. Also, I think it's really funny. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. Uh, that is very they're, funny. They're, yeah, just in general. Uh, they have the credits for the first five episodes and then the next five are to be announced. Also, maybe one day after this episode of our podcast airs, maybe someday they'll be like, oh, you know what? There is interest in this show. Ed, I think there are five episodes of Bob Patterson that have been fully written and perhaps even storyboarded, but just never came to fruition. Yep. So this show aired from October 2nd to October 31st, 2001 on ABC. And it aired five of the ten episodes that were, it didn't specify if they were all produced or if it was just like, oh, we have ten episodes written, like you said. 
they knew that this show was out the door. Um, and I know that they knew that because they ended on an episode called Bathroom Bob. <laughs> so I think they knew they wanted to go out on a strong note, you know? Yeah. So I should mention the episode we watched was episode three, Naked Bob, because for some reason, ABC is very keen <laughs> on taking this off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? I I loved it. Um you know, I, I think I'm going to be spending most of this episode just talking about how much fun I had watching this this episode of great TV. But seriously, uh, I like not having any like context for who Bob or his, you know, rather large ensemble, who they are. He, he has a lot of people in his entourage, I must say. He does. One of which is Chandra Wilson. Yeah, Chandra Wilson. She's super funny in this show. Yeah. So Chandra Wilson is actually a major character on Grey's Anatomy. I, I I wish I could relate. I wish I could be like, yeah, of course. But I've never seen Grey's Anatomy. Oh, it's a good, it's a good watch. So Grey's Anatomy is also on ABC. I feel like they watched this and were like, she's the one good thing about this show. Let's put her on another show. Well, actually, I was reading a uh, review of Bob Patterson. I I don't know. I felt like doing a lot of uh, research for some reason about Bob. And um, <laughs> she was actually cited as like the best part of the show. Oh, and she absolutely was. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, Ed, we only had her in like two minutes of this episode. <laughs> yeah. I found the I found out that the, the review that I had read was actually cited on the Wikipedia page. Oh, boy. Um, and there are actually two quotes here from two different reviews about Shandra Wilson. Lay them on me. Uh, in a one and a half star review for USA Today, Robert Bianco called Shandra Wilson, quote, the only person in the show you can imagine wanting to see again, end quote. I mean, I do want to see her again, especially since Grey's Anatomy comes back today, actually, the day this episode's releasing. Ed, I'm sorry, but... You can't just ditch George like that. We spent so much time with George in our lives. Listen, I love George, but here's the thing. George ain't going nowhere. This show got canceled. I can't find any other episodes of Bob Patterson. Can I can I just read that quote to you again so you understand the, the full weight of the situation? Yeah, read it quote, to me again. The only person in the show you can imagine wanting to see again. Would uh, you seriously you never want to see Jason Alexander after watching this show? Oh, here's the thing. I love Jason Alexander in this show. Yeah, me too. He's like he he's like a caricature of George Costanza. Like an over-the-top George Costanza, if that's possible. I honestly um I don't know. It, it's really interesting. Like I, I think I grew up my life watching a lot of sitcoms, like uh you know, obviously I watched a ton of Seinfeld to the point where I think it's just like subconsciously ingrained in my mind that I remember like really weird trivia about that show. Uh, I watched a little bit of Friends. My family always had that on. Um, but I watched a lot of King of Queens. Oh, boy. <laughs> and um, I got some King of Queens vibes from this show at first. Uh, you know, it's an early 2000s sitcom. It's shot differently. It's put together in a weird way. I don't know. There's something very specific about 
like early 2000s, like late 90s sitcoms that just feels like off. I don't know. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but like oh, I know what you're what, talking about. Like I feel like certain networks actually have like a certain feel to their shows too. Yeah, like you could watch it and be like, "Oh, this is from CBS or this is from ABC." In a way, yeah. But I almost felt like this was a show that would live with like the Big Bang Theory or something. Did I just call it the Big Bang Theory? Isn't it just Big Bang Theory? Oh, no, God, I know. I think you're right. I think it's called the Big Bang Theory. That's such a mouthful. That is. Anyways, uh, but yeah, like, there was something about this that I started watching it, and it took me back to those old times watching those shows when I was younger, and it was a very comfortable kind of feeling, especially, uh, just to put this in context, I watched this immediately after I got home from work, so I was already, like, exhausted in that, like, vegetative state where I just need to consume something, and I was happy that Jason Alexander was there to, uh, pleasure me in my uh post-work slump hold on hold on he was there to pleasure you yeah it was a pleasure uh you know watching jason unfold on the screen (laughs) i want you to consider what you just said and also consider the fact that the central plot of this episode is that bob patterson played by jason alexander gets naked two things my friend on a social scale can i not say that you, Ed, pleasured me by having me on the show this evening. Can I, can I not say that? Is that not appropriate? You can, but I'd be a little skeeved out. That's like when people say, like, if you're like, thank you, and they're like, my pleasure. It's like, ew. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, where, like, people get criticized for saying, like, no problem. And they're like, was there a problem, though? Why'd you assume there was a problem? Nah, it's like, no problem is just an easy way to respond to that and the convo. Exactly. And I'm so glad you get this because saying that um, somebody has pleasured you means that you were just pleased to meet their acquaintance and spend some time with them. I get that. But also there's a connotation where you got your nasties off on them. (laughs) Maybe I got my nasties off to Bob Patterson. I mean, hey, I mean, there's a specific scene. Yeah, this was a very sexually fueled episode, if if I must say. Yeah, there was a specific scene where Bob and his boss were in a, in a room by themselves. I'll leave it at that until we get there. But you do have a point. Yeah, let me also say, uh, just for the people listening, this, this is going to be a very unique recording because it's the first time. Uh, it's been a week since I watched the show. <laughs> uh, usually we watch it right before we record, but... Uh, Yeah, I guess I did my homework a little early because I was just excited. Oh, well, how could you not be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I just want to get into this, Ed. I just want to dive, you know, toes first into this. So take me away. Pleasure me. To quote this episode of Bob Patterson, you got to go in feet first. So I, I didn't even remember he said that. Oh, it's the part where he's like, oh, you got to go in feet first. And he's like, oh, well, back then I had socks and shoes and clothes. Uh, can I can I read you uh, some of the excerpts from my notes here? Um, are they going to spoil anything? No, not at all. Then go right ahead. Um, so, I mean, they'll spoil the like plot of this episode. But if anything, I think it'll just like make you more intrigued to learn how this plays out. Um, so first off, I think I take more notes on things that I hate 
you know, just generally speaking, like there's more to talk about. But I think because I genuinely enjoyed Bob Patterson, uh, here are my first like three points. Number one. Hey, I don't mind this. <laughs> I had to remind myself just in case in a week if I forgot about it, whether I like this or not. If you look back, there's your rose colored glasses right there. <laughs> Number two, Bob's son is amazing. And I don't even know if that's his son, honestly. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yep. So I had the same confusion. So I looked it up while I was watching. His name is yeah. Jeffrey Patterson. He is Bob's son. Okay, thank God. I, I totally got that vibe. But that guy was also talking about, like, you know, seeing his dad's, like, boobs and, like, you know, he was being a little weird. So I, I didn't know, but I guess they just have a very uh, non-traditional father-son relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, yeah. That um, came out weird. Here's the third point that I wrote. I'm not going to go through all my notes. Okay. He's going to be in porn. <laughs> No, Andy, it's art. Yeah, you're right. It's far more tasteful, even if there was some uh, sexual propositioning happening. And some tea that kind of, you know, kept his dinker down. Yeah, honestly, I uh, I went to the bathroom in the middle of watching this, so I got a little confused by that whole subplot. Uh, so I'm very interested to hear about that again. Okay, hold on. You went to the bathroom in the middle of this. Yeah. You watched it on YouTube. Did you not pause? No. <laughs> you just let it run? Yeah, that's a waste of time. <laughs> when you when you start watching something, right? Think about it this way. Like when you go to the movie theater, the movie ain't stopping when you go to take a pee-pee, brah. Andrew. You can't you don't pause you don't pause life, Ed. When I when I set aside 30 minutes of my day to watch something. It's those 30 minutes or it doesn't happen. So I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of it. I don't mind. It took me about two minutes. And I guess all I missed was this silly subplot with some tea. Andrew, two minutes. This is a 20 minute pilot. That's 10%. Well, then it, I still got a 90. An A minus isn't that bad. You live in 28. Well, that's, that's a good point. You live in 2018, though. Pause buttons exist. No, 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 no. This, this is ridiculous. Stop. Stop pausing. Just just go. You, If you have to do something, just go do it and come back. You probably didn't miss that much. You know what? Seize the day. Carpe bavum. Yeah, exactly. If, if I have something more important to do and it, my body has decided that it's more important than watching this, this TV show, I'm going to go and I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish the TV show. I, I live by an exclusive policy of my body uh, owns the rules. And, uh, and it, that is exclusively because of the consequences of not listening to your body. Like when you when you get the the thing in, in, in your underoos, you know? <laughs> All right. So we're like 16 minutes in. We still haven't started talking about this this yeah, episode this, this isn't a fucking podcast anymore <laughs> <laughs> this is turned into andy's pee pee break hey, hey if i have to fucking go pee during this episode i'm gonna go oh no you're gonna leave me to vamp yeah <laughs> what are you gonna do if you're... i edit it out i'm gonna hope that you don't because i i really i think 
from a journalistic standpoint, you understand the value of truth. So, yeah. You know what? You're right. So this show starts off. The recording that we, the only recording we could find of any episode of this show, (laughs) starts off like (laughs) mid-sentence. And essentially the gist of the conversation. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, it starts off with like seven seconds of a blue screen that immediately cuts into Landau, Bob Patterson's boss, just talking. And yeah, we, we, we don't. Did we see an intro, right? This is like the cold opener. Yes, this is part of the cold open. Yeah. In media res. Yeah, it's actually really cool to watch the show that way. You know, you're kind of right, because it gives you like a, huh, what were they talking about? I I mean, I definitely was way more intrigued by everything that was going on at the time. <laughs> so, essentially, the gist of the conversation is that somebody is interested in having Bob for a photo shoot. And Landau says, okay, like, hypothetically, would you do this photo shoot? Yes. Okay, well, hypothetically, if people were naked, and you have to be naked for it, are we still hypothetical? No. Well, initially, he doesn't agree to do the photo shoot. And as Landau walks out, Vic, who is Bob's intern, says, hypothetically, if someone hit your car... And then the door gets slammed in his face. And this is when we get the theme song. The theme song is literally just the word Bob appearing on screen several times saying, Bob, 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 Bob. You know what it kind of feels like, the uh, theme song? What does it feel like? Men, 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 men. It kind of does. But it's Bob, Bob, Bobby, Bobby, Bob, Bob. (laughs) I'm going to like splice in audio from that theme song because it's so ridiculous. You know what? Do it. You won't. And and you know what you should do at this point? You you should edit uh, Bob Patterson's face over uh, that that stupid kid from from Two and a Half Guys. Oh, Two and a Half Guys in a Pizza Place. Yeah, yeah, I love that also, show. Also, I'm, I'm I'm so sorry to John Cryer. I I I know uh, I'm coming on the air, and I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give any explanation for what I'm apologizing for. But I am so sorry for what happened. You should be. Thank, thank you for giving me a a place to air this out. Yeah, of course. That's what I, that's why you I agreed feel, to come I on. Feel, I feel so much better. Whew. Now, do you have a a PR statement to make a press release for this? Yeah, if I did it, I did it. If I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Love Andy. <laughs> Hey, why don't they end press releases with, like, sincerely or your friend so-and-so? Yeah, you're right. You're honestly right, because uh, the president has to do it, or the president used to do it. (laughs) Not my president. (laughs) I I know I said that as a joke, but I actually hate Trump. (laughs) It used to be funny when you could just be like, yeah, I, like, jokingly hate the president. Yeah, when you could be like, oh, thanks, Obama. Yeah, now I just actually hate the president. So. That's that's entirely fair. Yeah. Uh, also, sorry to the unaired listeners who may have voted for Trump. Yeah. Um, we usually don't bring politics into this show. <laughs> the 
it's okay. It's me. It's not you. That's you, true. You, you hate me. Hey, Bring it on me. Hey, Andy, it's not what? you. It's me. It's neither of us. I'm using a VPN. Oh, shit. <laughs> You'll never find me. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it on as soon as I said anything about Trump. All right. And then turn it off. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so now I'm back in the real world, uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what happens after the intro. Yeah, um, so Bob is in his house with, who we find out very far into the episode, is his ex-wife, who lives with him. Her name is Janet, and surprisingly, I feel like this show would have worked as a pilot, because it does a good job kind of introducing certain characters. It does, actually. You're, you're absolutely right. And... I'm going to wager to guess that it probably does a better job than the actual pilot for this show. Probably. Reason being is like, you start watching the show and you have an idea of who everybody is, like, immediately. You have Bob's shitty son, his weird ex-wife, question mark? Because, like, throughout the show, he, like, mentions, like, oh, my ex-wife, Janet, or... Like Vic, his intern, he mentioned, Vic mentions like, you know, I'm your intern, but. Ooh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, Before I forget, I love the intern on this show. He seems like he was supposed to be the Joey of this show. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, he absolutely is. But he's great. He's fantastic. And I think he adds a lot to the whole thing. Honestly, I got to say, I love the cast of this show. I do, too. Uh, with with one critique, but I'm interested. W- what are your thoughts about the cast? I'm going to guess your critique is the wife. No, actually. No. Really? No, no, no. Yeah, no. I think she's she's necessary. Uh, she's kind of like the um, Clark Gregg of uh, New Adventures of Old Christine. Okay. That like old flame that kind of pops up every now and then but you know they're doing their own thing but you can kind of tell there's still something between the two characters huh i never thought of that i'm glad you didn't go the way i thought you were because i thought you were going to say clark Gregg in agents of shield and i was going to be very confused <laughs> yeah no i'm 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 staying in the realm ed i've i've gotten older i realize i've seen a lot of you know uh sitcoms You've seen a lot of Clark Gregg appearances. I have. I just recently watched Minority Report. Is he in that? Um, I'm like searching my brain. I swear to bejesus, I just saw him recently in something. But I don't know if it was that or not. <laughs> so, so we have Bob in his apartment. And his ex-wife is like, I got accepted into celibacy camp. And Bob says, how do you get rejected from celibacy camp? And she says, well, I need a check for $1,500. And Bob's response to that is, well, it may be celibacy camp, but someone's getting screwed. <laughs> kind of like a classic sitcom joke right there. Yeah. But he, uh, this is to your, we were talking about this before we started recording. Jason Alexander sells those things. Like, they're they're not good, but he makes them kind of okay. Yeah, like the, he knows they're not good, but he gives it his hundred percent. I think it's definitely because you just think he's George from Seinfeld. That might be it. So, uh, his wife Janet explains that there are classes at celibacy camp, and 
she starts reading them off. The only one she reads off is Keeping Your Legs Closed 101. Then Bob takes the brochure and mentions, wow, everybody on this brochure is naked. And Janet's like, you know what? You're so uptight. You're so uptight about the human body, about everything. In the seven years we were married, I don't remember seeing you naked. Which is when we first find out that they were married. So like, you know, clue you in. It's pretty good, right? Like, it gets you back into the show. Maybe you didn't see the first episode. So now, you you know, you have some context clues, even though you might forget them after a week. Exactly. So after she says, I don't remember seeing you naked, the son, Jeffrey, who's on the couch, chimes in and says, count your blessings. So and you know why he says that, right? Because I'm guessing he done saw his dad's peeper. <laughs> I was going to say he horny. Oh, he might be horny. And he don't like it. Oh, uh, well, the conversation that comes up later, I think he's definitely horny. Yeah, he keeps, he keeps going. Oh, yeah. He keeps digging in. So Janet says every night we'd get under the covers, there'd be 20 minutes of twisting and grunting. And that was just you getting out of your robe. And Bob's explanation for all this is, hey, I'm trying to be mysterious. And Jeffrey <laughs> chimes in and says, you're just ashamed of your body. You wear a shirt when you're swimming. Well, I don't like to go topless. That's because he has boobs. And and then Bob says, I don't have boobs. He pauses. And can I just say this all sounds like, you know, typical frat boy talk. But these two sell it somehow. I I like enjoy this this son character who's comparing his dad's, you know, large pectoral muscles to breasts. Yeah, it's it like you said. Like you mentioned earlier, like harkens back to two and a half men with like the nephew Jake interacting with his dad or his uh uncle, Uncle Charlie Sheen. Hey, um that's great. Uh Ed, yeah. Can can I ask that you uh edit this out? Yeah. I told you never to bring up that goddamn kid on this podcast. Oh, Agnes T. Jones. Is that actually his name? Yeah. Yeah, I told you never bring up Agnes T. Jones. Okay, I think I'm dyslexic though because I don't remember his Angus or Agnes. He's just Tom Waits, okay? He's Tom Waits. Okay. <laughs> Let's just forget about it. Okay. Let's never listen to Tom Waits again. I mean, two and a half men forgot about him. So I know that's I know that's the point you would want me to go. Oh, but honestly, I feel very bad for that child for losing that opportunity. Child, uh, he was to like Ashton Kutcher. He was like 23. He left, I know. He left on his own accord. <laughs> he wanted to leave, yeah. He did. He was like, you know what? My church is like, nah, don't do that. And he was like, you right. Hey, this this is a... I'm so sorry for like taking this off the track for a second. Uh, but did you ever see the finale of Two and a Half Men? I did not. Honestly, because my, my stepdad watches that show religiously. Reruns too. So like, I'll walk into the living room and I'll see Ashton Kutcher... And John Cryer going at it. And as far as I know, they get gay married fakely. They they fake a a gay marriage so they can adopt a child. I had no idea. Uh, I I didn't watch the the last two seasons. I just watched the finale. (laughs) Okay. I thought you were like, oh, I didn't watch it. I was just wondering if you knew. (laughs) I was testing you. I was trying to lure you out of your cave. You were trying to see if I actually watched it. (laughs) No, no, uh, the show, um, 
it was it was actually kind of controversial at the time. Chuck Lorre was trying to get Charlie Sheen to come back for the last episode um, because there was a subplot in which um, Alan, uh, John Cryer's character, had believed that uh, his brother Charlie perhaps had survived his suicide attempt. Well, I'm going to stop um, right there. It wasn't a suicide. Yep. Um, Rose, his crazy neighbor who he ran away with, pushed him onto the train tracks. What? What, what did you just say to me? I said that Rose, his crazy neighbor who he ran away with, pushed him onto the train tracks. Oh, okay. Don't, That's how he died? Yeah, don't test me on my two and a half men knowledge. I, I could have sworn he jumped off a building or something. No, that'd be too dark. Yeah, I know. I, I thought the show got like really dark after he left. Yeah, no, John Cryer starts eating people. It's weird. <laughs> um, That's where the half men comes in. Anyways, I, I think the he last ate half a man. Was- the last episode was supposed to be like Charlie was still alive. And uh, I think like Alan like sees somebody who looks similar to Charlie and thinks he's alive and like, I don't know, gets sad about her or something. I don't, I don't know. And then reminisces as the graduation song by Vitamin C comes on. And then you learned out, you learned out, you learned out that um, there were actually only two and a half men in existence at all times. Yeah. And we, we're all just some variation of those two and a half men. You know, we all have two and a half men in us. <laughs> that whole part's getting cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Yeah. So uh, he's like, you can't even say boob. Or his, Bob hesitates when he's saying boob. And the son, Jeffrey, goes, he can't even say boob. Dr. Dr. Tapnick says you're self-loathing. And... Uh, Bob says, well, does Dr. Tapnick ever talk about you in your sessions? Well, I can say boobs, no problem. Dr. Tapnick says it's amazing, considering. And Bob retorts with, what, considering you haven't seen any? <laughs> and Jeffrey goes, I've seen yours. I lost it. <laughs> I cackled like a fucking hyena at that line. I don't know why. Yeah, it made me giggle. I mean, I think, I, I, I think it's safe to say, I mean... We were talking about this before, but Ed, you've you've clearly watched way more worse television than I have uh, for the show. Um, oh, but yeah. I think we both came into this show thinking it was going to be bad. And then it, you know, kind of pulled the carpet out from underneath us. It was no I think bad. We were both... No, but I think we were both very surprised. Actually, I like it better than bet. 100%. It was honestly, I could see this like lasting three or four seasons. Yeah, I, I don't know. Provided it had an audience. Like, yeah, I, I feel like there are a couple ways they could have gone with the show, but l- let's let's get through this recap, uh, and then we can talk about that. All right, so uh, kind of to like disprove them all, he goes, yeah, well, I was asked to be photographed naked today. And he just kind of goes like, well, I'm back into a corner now, so I have to say I did it and that I agreed to it. So... He agrees to it, and then we cut to the office, and <laughs> Bob's boss, Landau, is like, hey, guess what? Bob agreed to be naked. God, I wish his name was Lando. Lando Calrissian. Please, just, just, it doesn't need to actually be Lando. Just name the character Lando. Do you, would it make it better if I pronounced it Lando throughout the rest of this? 
Can you please? Okay. So Lando. Oh, instantly better. <laughs> so Lando is uh got a meeting going on with all the employees, and he's like, "Hey, Bob's gonna you know whip his dick out and get photographed," and everybody cheers for him. And his assistant Claudia, played by Shonda Rosen, as mentioned before, who is fantastic, phenomenal. She goes, "Yeah, let's see some bootay." She says it exactly like that. I specifically wrote B-O-O-T-A-Y instead of booty. I wrote bootay because that's how she says it. So Vic goes up to Bob and advises him not to do the photo shoot and brings up a story from his own past. College swim team. He posed for a calendar. He started getting strange calls later. Packages with no return address. Next thing you know, he's in a trunk on the way to Tijuana doing two shows a night. And his his uh, specific line that I wrote down was, it happens twice and you learn your lesson. <laughs> and then he goes over to Claudia, the assistant, and she says, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm tired of seeing all these like sculpted muscular men. I want to see real men. And Bob's like, oh, you know, I could stand to lose a few pounds. My hairline's kind of receding. And she goes, oh, no one will notice that. Their eyes are going to go straight to the basket. The what? Your package. Have I crossed the line? <laughs> and he just walks away saying nothing. I I love that, though. That made me laugh so hard. Oh, it made me laugh, too. And the next scene specifically, there's an exchange that is my favorite thing ever. So he's in his office, and Landau comes in, and he says, listen, I'm having second thoughts about this. Oh, no, you're a major player. You You can do this. Well, actually, my player may not be that major. He's talking about his dinker. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm not even kidding. That's also written in my notes. Quote, my player might not be that major, dot, dot, dot. Quote, and then my note, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Landau's just like... Oh, also, Lando, you, you might be saying this right now, says, come on, don't you ever look around and compare yours in the gym? Yep, and he says, well, what's wrong with you? That's sick. And then proceeds to say, well, could you take a look at mine? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think this is why I like the show, because I feel like I I can relate to Bob in this moment in that I think it's very gross that your coworker is doing that. But I am also very concerned about my own situation. <laughs> so you're like, hey, take a look at my weenie. Yeah. Like, well, you've already confessed that you're a weenie watcher. So will you watch mine? <laughs> so... He goes, well, could we dim the lights? And Lando goes, what are you looking for, romance? <laughs> so then Bob counts down. <laughs> On three, he drops his pants. Lando looks and goes, well, you're in the book. And he goes, thank you, and walks out. See, that's why I like Lando. What a fantastic character. Great character. So then we go to the uh, kind of press conference announcing that Bob Patterson is going to be in this book. And the photographer, Vivian, turns out she's a fan, and her assistant comes over to tell her to tell Bob that, and Vic comes in and goes, hey, back off. And Bob's like, that's Vivian's assistant. Well, do you have any, do you have any ID? I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And then Vic goes, all right, but the address is out of date, and starts pulling out his license. He's definitely the Joey. So... yeah. Vivian starts speaking, and she's speaking all in French. And Bob freaks out, because French 
gets him turned on. It gets him horny. So when Bob goes on stage, he hides his uh, shame behind Vic. And as Vic like bends down to like pick up glasses, he crouches down too. And then Vic walks away. So he picks up Vivian's dog to cover his yeah, midsection. He's... So then we cut to Bob's house. Bob walks in. Janet says like, what's wrong? He says nothing. Walks upstairs. Lando does the same thing. Storms in. She goes, what's wrong? Nothing. Walks upstairs. Vic comes in. Janet goes, what's wrong? Well, it all started when I emerged from a a canvas bag in Tijuana. (laughs) So dumb. So... (laughs) I, I don't know why sitcoms have to try so hard sometimes. They just do. So uh, we find out that Bob was made fun of for this uh, little attribute he has. Because whenever his French teacher would speak in French, he would get rock hard. And they called him Pop Tent Patterson. And yeah. Lando goes, wow, <laughs> children could be so cruel. No, my father called me that. <laughs> and Lando goes, you know, no, you have to be confident. We're not going to let you cancel this photo shoot. And Janet comes in and goes, hey, here's this tea. It's supposed to keep you like, you know, calm and make sure you don't get, you know, horny. So. Oh, my God. That that explains so much. Yeah. What happens after. This. Yeah. So this is the subplot you missed. <laughs> so he goes to the photo shoot. He's already drank the tea and Vivian comes in and starts speaking French. And he looks down. And he's just like, oh, it's not happening. Good. And Lando leaves. And she says, well, there's going to be a small delay. I hope I'm not too forward. But your books touch me. And she wants to pat Patterson, if you know what I mean. She wants to bang Bob Patterson. But he already had the tea, so he can't get it up. So she uh, she's like making out with him and she looks down. He doesn't have an erection and he goes, oh, boy. And she misunderstands and thinks that he likes boys. So she goes, oh, you're gay. Yeah, he he says something, though. He's like, uh, I'm not in the spirit or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. And then he says something. And, and I wrote a note that said like, ooh, yeah. Fuh early 2000s gay joke yep so she leaves lando comes back in and bob says my jacques wouldn't cousteau (laughs) and then we get to the actual photo shoot and the assistant hits on bob and claudia comes back in and bob's like did you get more of that tea and she's like no but we have it ordered for thursday tea's already worn off he's supposed to get up in front of like 17 naked dudes and pose naked (laughs) And as soon as Vivian starts talking, he gets it up. And then she takes a picture. And then in the post credit scene, Janet is proud of him as they're about to go swimming. And she's like, take off your t-shirt. And he does. And he starts posing in front of a mirror, like flexing. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's Bob Patterson. Bob Patterson, honestly, an American hero. I think part of what is so funny about this show now that I'm, you know, processing it again, is that Bob Patterson is a disgusting, gross human being. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we just enjoy that. I think you're right. 
it's the same reason why we like George on Seinfeld, and it is absolutely the same reason we love Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. These people are just so weird. <laughs> and they sell it in a way that's charming and not off-putting. So we're going to take a quick little break, and then we will be right back. Looking for your next favorite podcast? One that will teach you how to make millions with Bitcoin, help you lose those extra stubborn pounds, or make your spine tingle with a murder mystery? Stop searching and let Potable do the work. Potable is the only podcast player that learns what you love and recommends podcasts just for you. Import your favorites automatically and instantly discover new ones. Find your next favorite podcast today by visiting our website at potable.co or by downloading our app in the iOS App Store. That's Potable, P-O-D-I-B-L-E, and discover your story. So Andy, before we get to the pitches, I wanted to try out a new little segment. Ooh, exciting. What do you have for me, Ed? Lay it on me. Andy, I want you to commercialize the shitty show. Commercialize the shitty show, shitty show, shitty show, shitty show, shitty show. <laughs> What's happening right now? Andy, I want you to commercialize this show. Okay. I want you to tell me how you would advertise this show. Ooh, good question. Um, okay, well, I, I think I'd make a couple changes to the format of the show to help sell it a little better. Mm -hmm. are, are you open to those kind of ideas? You know what? I'm open to everything. Okay, I think I'd change it a little bit so that it's more Frasier-like. I'm not saying we need Frasier 2, and I think even this was running alongside Frasier for a while. But maybe we do need some similar type show to Frasier, starring Jason Alexander. So, I mean, I would intercut, like, Bob Patterson actually, like, doing what he says he does. I want more motivational speaking from him. I want him to resonate with more of the people. And I want him to build more of the show's kind of character around his expertise in providing advice or like horrible advice and then from there what i would do from the network perspective is market the show as a parody of self-help people which i think the show is already trying to do but you know didn't have the advantage of using social media at the time using uh integrative marketing to the extent that they should so i think the show should be more about him being a self-help expert. I think you should publish his books for real in real life. And I think they're going to sell pretty well if they're funny enough. Oh, so like how, like how I met your mother published like the bro code. Yeah, exactly. And I think it would be funnier. Like if you publish those books and you sold them as real products and then, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good approach to it. And then, you know, market it, Less as a schlocky kind of sitcom and more as like a look how awful this person is. Focus on Bob Patterson, not the not the idea of Bob Patterson, but who he is and how awful he is. And then I think you got a show. I, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know, it's kind of like Seinfeld, like Jerry isn't the main character, but he's the force that ties it all together. Right. Which, by the way, that's my one critique about the cast they don't have a Jerry. They don't have somebody who's like just a straight man, like no funny business. What I also notice is there's really no B stories. 
It's all just Bob. Wow, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So tacking on to what you were doing, I'm thinking like in the commercial kind of like add on to the fact that in the show, he's the self-proclaimed number three self-help guru in America. So like maybe be like the number three sitcom this year. Kind of like poke fun at that. Ooh, you you just made me think of an interesting idea. What if he had other talents as well? Like, what if he was a chef? Or like every season he tries to do something else. Oh, like it's like a maybe like he's doing like a documentary series. And like every year he's just like, oh, I'm going to go live out in the wild this year. Yeah, I, th- I think actually to that point, I think the show would be a lot funnier if it was shot like Parks and Rec or like The Office. Like a mockumentary style. And, yeah. And you just focused on Bob the whole time. Yeah. So, Andy. What kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? Well, one of them I've already brought up is uh, Frasier. I mean, I think there's so much potential to do a crossover with Frasier. Um, And I know that's the difference between ABC and NBC. But, like, if Bob Patterson is going to be real and is, like, real shit that we need to be aware of, he's going to know Frasier. Oh, definitely. Like, without a doubt, you know. Um other than that, I mean, I think, honestly, you can probably just copy and paste some of the earliest episodes of Seinfeld into the show um, and then write the show as if Bob Patterson were responding to those situations. And I think you've got a show right there. I mean, I think if this episode shows anything, we could easily redo the bet, but in Bob Patterson. That's the first episode that came to mind. When you mentioned Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> I I think honestly this this is just like it's not Seinfeld 2.0 because it's not smart enough to be Seinfeld 2.0, but like it's supposed to be like Seinfeld negative one. Yeah, you have a perfectly good George sitting around. Think about what you could do with that. Oh yeah, definitely. So what about you, Ed? So going off of that, I actually looked to what was on ABC in two thousand one. Turns out a little show called According to Jim premiered alongside Bob Patterson. Oh. Yeah, something and crossover opportunity. Because, you know, George Lopez and Freddie crossed over at one point. So, you know, why not? Why not beat them to that? So, like, I'm Bob, sorry, Fre- Freddie? Yeah, Freddie, the show starring Freddie Prince Jr. as the titular character. Oh, I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah, no, that existed. That that feels like a, a early 2000s like fever dream. Yep, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> okay, but continue some crossovers. Okay. So I'm thinking like Bob is on tour doing his like self-help like speaking engagements. And Cheryl, I think that's her name, Jim's wife on According to Jim, drags him along. And Jim's like, oh, this is all bullshit. And he meets up with Bob later at the hotel bar. And Bob's like, listen, ignore what I said up there. If you want to make your marriage better, just like pretend you agree with her and then just go off and do whatever you want. And then he does that. And then we get like a hard cut to Jim knocking on Bob's door, holding a pillow in his hand like, hey, can I crash here? Because I got kicked out. (laughs) And he's like, listen, it's your fault I got kicked out. So like, let me stay here. And we're going to get like a montage of Jim being very gross and Bob getting sick of it. Like maybe like, 
Jim is just like sitting on the couch in his underwear as Bob walks by disgusted. Then Jim's in the kitchen, drops a rib on the floor, picks it up, eats it, and then licks the sauce off the floor. I I really hope you know how disturbing this pitch was to the point where my cat started screaming in the middle of it. Oh, that's what that was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. She she was like literally like yelping at how bad this was. I apologize to your cat. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> so I, I think... I actually like According to Jim, but I, I am sad that you mentioned that other show that shall not be named. Oh, uh, George Lopez? I uh, can neither confirm nor deny that. Well, I just named it, so... So yeah, and then like the end of the episode is Bob gets them back together. Oh, Yeah. You know, that's kind of like when uh, King of Queens and uh, Everybody Loves Raymond would kind of uh, cross over. You're right. I forgot that that happened. Or when, um, I mean, there were a bunch of dumb crossovers. I don't even want to reference them. Like how Friends crossed over with Mad About You. Did it really? Yeah, because, what's her name? Lisa Kudrow played a character on Mad About You. And then when they went over to Friends, they were just like, oh, you know what? We're going to make her Phoebe's twin sister. And then one of the characters from Mad About You shows up at Central Park. It's just like, oh, I know you. Wait, that's why Phoebe has a twin sister? That is why Phoebe has a twin sister. All this time, I thought it was just like a dumb thing. No, it was to connect it to uh, Mad About You. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So do you have any other episodes? I mean, truthfully, I think Bob Patterson kind of writes itself, Edward. I think, you know, once you sit in the chair and you you really think about who Bob is and what he'd do, you can write him into any situation. Maybe that could have been like the commercials, like, who is Bob? Just like a, a know, booming yeah, voice. I don't know enough about Bob. He's not very interesting. I need I need like more weird stuff about Bob. Yeah, like an alien, like Alf. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or you know, like the dog from Dog with a Blog. I hate that that show exists, and I hate that you brought it up on this podcast. Well, now we're even. Because <laughs> <laughs> I brought up George Lopez. <laughs> yes. All right. So I have one last pitch, and it's for it's a series finale. Oh, oh. Hang on, I gotta get ready for this. Uh, All right. L- lay it on me. All right, so a little preface. I did click on a link that was suggested, William Shatner on Bob Patterson. So I clicked it. Turns out William Shatner plays the number two self-help guru in America. But I was thinking, who's number one? It's gotta be Tony Robbins. No, dude. It's Eckhart Tolle. I don't know who that is. So Bob, <laughs> <laughs> Bob goes on Oprah to promote his new self-help book. But his rival, Tony Robbins, is also there. And Janet, his ex-wife, wants to go. So, like, that's the B story, is her sneaking in. But she ends up getting chosen by uh, the producers to ask a question for, you know, self-help. And she's kind of, like, caught off guard, but she kind of wings it. And everything goes fine until later, when the tabloids find out that that's his ex-wife. And they think that she was just a plant and that Bob is a fraud. And there's going to be a joke like Bob's like, she's like, oh, it's not that bad. And Bob's like, 
It's gonna be terrible. We're gonna be bankrupt. You get a bankruptcy. You get a bankruptcy. Like, like the Oprah thing. Haha. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he decides he's gonna go back to selling TVs, which was mentioned in this episode. Oh, it was. Yeah, I forgot about that. That. Hey, good catch. <laughs> yeah. The little details. It's the little things. So, then he gets a call from Lando saying, like, hey, Oprah found out that Tony Robbins paid one of the producers to specifically pick your ex-wife to ruin your reputation. And Oprah is just like, I'm so sorry, and I love your book, so I'm going to endorse it for Oprah's book club. And he's like, well, yay, I helped myself here. Because, you know, his true goal is to help himself. The end. Did you just... Did you just solve the Rubik's Cube that was Bob Patterson? I mean, I'll leave that for the audience to decide. You, you actually just hit a point on this character that I hadn't even thought about. Oh, the fact that he's a self-help guru who himself needs self-help? No, a self-help guru who only helps himself. Well, that too. Yeah, that's... Yeah, my cat agrees, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I honestly, you're blowing me away with your thoughts about Bob Patterson right now. I, I don't know if I've heard you this intellectual, Edward. Well, that's what happens when I put a solid ten minutes into pitches. <laughs> the world goes wild. <laughs> so, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search "unaired" or "unaired podcast." It'll come up. Um. Other than that, I'm Ed. Uh, actually, Ed, I would like to uh, pitch something here. Oh, okay. A last minute pitch. What's this? Yeah. Um, 2018. Um, is this the first episode of the new year? It is not. Well, okay. Well, anyways, uh, everybody just be good people. Look out for each other. And... Um, Donate to charities that aren't transphobic. Yep, my cat agrees. So, yeah, yeah that's my plug. Um, I'd also say uh, donate to the Kickstarter to bring back Bob Patterson. <laughs> that we are starting. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm Ed. And I am Andy. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate. And I'm Tanner. And we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week we take a bizarre, out there article. Germans build underground pipeline for beer. An attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. <laughs> Graham Graham Sam Sam? No! And inevitably we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super